Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello Australia, welcome to My Millennial Money, I'm Glenn James and today we're talking about trying to overcome the guilt with spending. I know a lot of us struggle and still struggle when we we buy things great and small, uh, but today we're having a discussion about how you can remove that guilt from your life. Uh, we've got a friend of the podcast, Alex German, she's joining me today. G'day Alex, how are you? I'm well, thanks Glenn, how are you? I'm not too bad, we're both in Sydney at the moment, it's Thursday, whatever the date is, we're in Lock Dizzle and uh, we're doing this remotely. So, Alex, are you ready to have a chat about this stuff? Let's do it. All right. All right, Alex, the first point, have a spending plan in place with allocated discretionary spending. So, who did you dig up there and uh, and what did they have to say? Yeah, Kelly Wolf. Uh, commented and Kelly's comment was definitely not the only one. There were plenty of people who said this was their number one um, suggestion or key to avoiding guilt. Mm. But Kelly said quite simply budget for it, getting a cash flow sorted so that money's already allocated in a separate bank account for each um, purpose has been a game changer for her. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I did the, uh, the Glenn James spending plan, Part of that was uh, to have that weekly spending account so people could actually spend guilt-free, particularly the savers, and also yep. it governs the um, overspenders almost. So, they're, they're certainly capped with what they've got. How have you found in your own life that you've got around with some, I don't know, guilt-free spending? Do you have an example of buying something with no guilt whatsoever? Yeah, my example would be my gym membership. I spend probably a little bit extra than the average person, I would say, on my gym membership. It's a little bit bougie, so to speak. But going to gym or exercising or exercising regularly has a massive impact on my mental health and how I approach the rest of my day and my life. So being able to finding the appetite within my budget to spend on a gym membership has been fairly easy and fairly guilt-free for me because I know the benefits are, you know, have massive upside. I think that ties in really well with the, the second point here, you know, categorise what you value. Uh, and for some people, it was handbags and scotch. And for you, Alex, it is actually the gym and that is a non-negotiable. So, yep. uh, Chanel says, I love spending money, so I keep a list in my phone of things I genuinely need. So when I'm feeling spendy, I'm not just buying crap that I don't need. Right now, a new pair of black jeans because mine split in the crotch again after my grandma tried to mend them. So that's actually really cool. Have that list in your phone. So <laughs> I'm actually going to use that one. See, I learn from this um, as much as the next person. I like to use that one as well. Uh, I like to have a list in my phone 
in my notes app and I write down things. And sometimes I do have that spendy feeling where it's not something in particular that you want to buy, but money seems to be burning a hole in your pocket. And maybe the spenders out there can relate to that. Yeah. You just want to spend a bit of cash. And if you've had it on a list and it's been sitting there for a few weeks and you've really thought about, do I need this? And it's still sitting on your list, then it, I think it's an easier purchase or, or there's maybe less guilt around that. And Melanie Grace was another person who had the same uh, idea about keeping a list in her phone on, um, in her notes app. Um, and then when things are on sale, it was a good opportunity to take them off the list or she was able to do more research um, before she purchased them. Yeah. And I think that's it. It's like, I kind of call it like scratching the itch. So, yes, we might feel spendy, but you might be able to scratch that spendy itch with $20 rather than $150. Yeah, for sure. The third point that we've got here is about living in the now. Uh, what did Gabe say? Gabe talked about getting older and realising you know, what you value in life, what brings you happiness is important when, on your, when considering what to spend um, on and that life should be balanced between enjoying now and then saving for future you. So I really liked that. I think we all go to work and work hard to make money, but there has to be some upside to that as well to enjoy it, not just put everything away for the future. There is some part of that that I think you need to enjoy right now. Yeah, and it's funny, these three points, so like having a plan in place, categorizing what you value, and then living in the now, it almost speaks to what I like to call value-based budgeting. And for me in my life, my value-based budget, it's an 80-10-10 budget. So, what that means is uh, 10% I, I invest for the future, 10% I give away uh, to charities and whatnot throughout the year. And that 80% it's basically spend it on whatever, whatever I value, whatever works. And I just think when we go through the lens of personal finance, things are so much easier to navigate when they're linked to a goal or a value. Yeah. So, is there something you can think of that you've purchased recently that didn't carry any guilt? Yes. Uh, and it, it's a weird situation uh, for me because I am fortunate enough to be out of consumer debt and I've got a plan and you know I, I do all my investing. But when we were um, on our tour in Perth, and for everyone listening, we still are doing Sydney and Melbourne, but we don't know when uh, and tickets still are uh, for sale. And if you've already purchased a ticket, you'll get notified and the ticket works for the reschedule. But when I was in Perth, so I'm a bit of a nerd in the way that I like to sometimes collect weird coins, right? And I went to Perth Mint and I was like, oh, I'll see if I can buy something nice. And there's nothing in there. Like it was all like really expensive stuff. And then I went to, there was a like a souvenir store in Perth and they had these um, really old coins. And I bought some coins. Uh, I got some from a collector store in Adelaide and then in Perth. Like these coins were over 2,000 years old. They were denarius. So, you know, the old Bible money where, you know, they talk about the denarius or, you know, really ancient money. So, I bought some old coins and they weren't cheap. There was a few hundred dollars in coins, but it just, for me, it was just like, wow, this is so amazing. I'm buying this and some person held this, you know, 2,000 years ago and there's like Julius Caesar's head on one side and it's got Caesar. And for me, it was just like, I'm 
I can buy this guilt-free and it is frivolous to a lot of people, but a lot of people don't value that and that's okay. So while you might spend the same amount of money for a bougie gym membership, for me, I can spend guilt-free on that coin. So it was just, um, yeah, it was a really special time for me to to do that. And yeah, I, I just think it, it just so ties into what you value and what is important to you with your spending. Yeah, what's great about that is you bought it for your own enjoyment and because you wanted to, not for anyone else. Some No one else's values are going to be identical to yours. And I think if you can really consider, is this part of my values? Is this for my own enjoyment? Am I doing this for me? Hopefully that can alleviate some of those feelings of guilt when you know it's for your own passion or your own enjoyment. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, sometimes when we're younger, our parents might say, oh, you need to buy a house or you need to go to university or you need to do this. Well, there can be guilt when you don't do what they say. But I think if we really unpack it and be like, no, I actually want to do this because I really value this. And perhaps if, you know, you're feeling some shame because you're not spending money on stuff that other people want you to spend it on in your own life, whether it's your spouse, your partner, or your parents, or whoever, maybe it is time to say, gather around the table, everyone, grab a cup of tea, and I'm just going to tell you what's on my mind, and this is why I'm not doing what you say, or this is why I am going to do this, because it is of value to me. Yeah, and something that came up in the comments is that maybe this is part of a a bigger conversation about mental health and about feelings of guilt, not just associated with money, but associated with what's happening in your life or in your past in general. And a couple of people called that out in the group. Ellen and Catherine both talked about therapy being the key to helping them overcome guilt with spending. And that was the fourth point from the key themes that came out of the comments in the group. People asking themselves, is your mental health contributing to the guilt you have around spending? You know, we all have to look after ourselves and prioritise our health and well-being. And I think Ellen and Catherine both called out that therapy helped them get to the point of overcoming guilt. And Catherine was kind enough to share her own experience where she was making trade-offs between groceries and petrol and overthinking everything. And that after unpacking those issues of guilt with um, a medical or health professional, she was able to get beyond that. So sometimes, I mean, we're talking and, and chewing the fat about guilt, about spending, but if this is something that's dominating your life, it might be something to talk to your GP about. Yeah, because I think it can kind of swing both ways, right? Like, so Catherine's talked about trading off, um, you know, groceries or petrol, uh, and that's stopping uh, her from spending. And it could go the other way where... I need to spend to make myself feel good and feel whole and all that. And I look back, you know, particularly when I was in my early 20s and I was not medicated at the time for mental health, but I would sometimes buy stuff because it was something new in my life and something exciting and uh, it was just a waste of money. And I was propping up this kind of thing in my life that I had to feel like I had done something where you know, I'm medicated now and there's no urgency to buy stuff. Like I still do dumb things like everyone does, but just that urgency and just that uh, self-worth and value, whether I spend money or whether I've got money or I don't, 
so that's not an issue for me. So I think that is a big thing with the mental health side. And absolutely, Alex, like if you speak to your GP um, and if you don't have the money, there's like the mental health plan that you can get some uh, rebates. And yeah, I just think if you can get on top of your mental health, your money will slowly work out and vice versa. If you can get on top of your money, it might take away a bit of anxiety and pressure from your life. So that's really good points there about mental health. It can be a bit of a vicious cycle with your mental health and your money situation in general, you know, feeling um, depression or um, other mental health issues might lead to uh, negative or unhealthy spending. And then the result of that may then in turn have increased negative impact on your mental health and depression. So it can be a vicious cycle and speaking to your GP or mental health professional might be able to help you break that cycle as well. Absolutely. Number five, what is the price per use? Is it a fad? Are you paying for quality? Are you paying for convenience? Let's read a couple here. Will said, uh, considering it an investment on myself, example, buying good quality sports gear because it makes me feel comfortable and sport is uh, my escape. So that's a really good one to get rid of that guilt. Like, do I actually value this or is it just something that because I've got the Kogan app and I had to delete the Kogan app, right? Because <laughs> it's got like the one-click purchase and I don't need eight ton of um, dishwasher tablets and it's tempting to spend. And then you buy that crap and you feel guilty. Uh, so, you just got to remove that temptation. Uh, what else is there in there? Yeah, Finn talked about that question of is this a fad and said, think about how the good or service will benefit you in a week, a month, a year or five years from when you purchase. And Emily also talked about price per wear and trying to think about how often you might wear or use an item and then how that relates to the cost of the item. And that was something that I could relate to. Something that I often feel guilty spending money on is winter clothing and good quality winter clothing. And this might be uh, have different levels of applicability to whereabouts in the world you are. But good quality winter clothing is often not cheap. And I have struggled in the past to, to get past that feeling of guilt when purchasing something. But to consider price per wear and the longevity of that item and also the quality and comfort I get from that item is the way that I've been able to push past that personally. Totally agree. And I think that's the, the most amazing thing. Like with our life, when we purchase things, I think it's always good to you know, if there was a $100 jacket or something like that and you're like, okay, well, I'll probably wear this at least 10 times. So, we'll call it 20 times and, you know, that's two seasons. Yep, sure. It's $5 a wear or whatever that is. So, you really can have the trade-off that every time I put this on, it's cost me $5 or can you say instead of this um, $100 jacket, can I maybe go to the op shop and buy something, if that's your vibe, uh, for cheaper? Or can you have some other type of trade-off where oh, I'll just put up with last season's jacket and buy a $20 scarf and I don't know, I can't get into fashion advice, but I just think the, the trade-off thing is so powerful with our own uh, financial decisions. Absolutely. And I gave my example of what I feel guilty about spending money on. Do you have one? I do. And I'll share that right after the break. So, we'll be right back. 
If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. All right, we're back. Now, Alex, you asked me what my guilty thing was in my life. So, at the moment, I've been feeling really guilty. And this is the weird thing about guilt. I think guilt's an emotion and we know emotions can be irrational. And often, things in our life are irrational because they're humans, we've got emotions and feelings and all that messy stuff. Welcome to life, right? So, Mm -hmm. I've been feeling guilty lately, the past maybe six weeks, month or whatever, Every Friday or Saturday night, so I pick one night, okay, and that one night a week, because I don't keep ice cream in my house during the week anymore because I've got a problem, so (laughs) I've just decided, you know, once a week, I'll have my Ben and Jerry's. And once a week, I'll get Vietnamese at the moment, and I've ordered the Vietnamese online and go and pick it up down the road. And that's yep. $17 for the, um, for the dish. But on the way, I stop at the 7-Eleven and I get a bottle of Coke, no sugar, in the glass bottle because it's okay. my Friday night. I want to enjoy my Coke, no sugar, and I love drinking it out of the glass bottle. And then I get a Ben & Jerry's tub that will mm-hmm. sometimes last two days. Don't ask the other time. Uh, okay. And that's... <laughs> And that's $18.35, right? So, I've just got this feeling of guilt that on Friday or Saturday night, I'm spending $35.35 on dinner. And it's just, I don't know what it is. And this is the thing, I can afford it all day long, but I'm just like, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel guilty, but I've got to go back to that. No, it's my one night in the week that I do splurge and, you know, that Coke, no sugar in the glass bottle, that's my refuge, baby, or that um, Ben and Jerry's triple caramel chunk, that's my refuge. I need this. Um, But I know I'm paying for convenience, but that's my irrational guilt. And I don't know how, I, I just don't know how to get around that. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's funny how it draws parallels to guilt around spending and guilt around food. Mm. And this may not be something that everyone can relate to, but there are often approaches to eating or healthy eating where people have a cheat meal and allows them to save up for once a week or once a fortnight or however often it is to let go of all of the barriers and the structure and the rules that you set on yourself throughout the week and just enjoy one meal without restrictions. And I think maybe that's what you, the approach that you're trying to have with the purchasing of the food that, you know, once a week you let your guard down and let your um, structure in your life down. Mm. But I think that's what the discretionary spending is supposed to do or supposed to facilitate as well. The ability to have a set amount of money that allows you to remove all the structure and the rules that you might have around the rest of your money and enjoy spending it and know that I can do what whatever I want with this money and it will be renewed in the next the next week or the next pay cycle. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know, like even last Friday night, 
I went to a different service station because like it's the same lady every week and she <laughs> we know each other now because I'm always buying the the one glass bottle of um, Coke and the Ben and Jerry's. And like, I'll joke with her. I was like, you know, they've got the little servings and sometimes I'll just buy one little serving. I'm like, oh, there you go. Portion control this week. So it's, uh, <laughs> but last week I went to a service station up the road because I was so embarrassed. Oh, but it's all in my head. Like she doesn't care. She just works there. That, that's the funny thing. And I think that's something that everyone can relate to is these feelings of judgment from strangers, which are totally one-sided. There are plenty of scenarios where I do things or don't do things based on the judgment of strangers, which is just not there. And that may be one of them. You know, that lady isn't going home and thinking about you buying your ice cream, but you're certainly thinking about her thinking about you thinking about the ice cream, which is just such a funny thing that humans do, I guess. Yeah, it's just so that's kind of my guilt story that I'm trying to work through. And it's so irrational, like it's once a week, I can afford it. I value it, but there's just that thing in the background. And I think I feel guilty because I know buying crap at the service station is so, more, so much more expensive than, you know, just going down to Woolworths. But yeah, I don't know. Number six, what do we got? The final point was, does this contribute to me generating revenue? And some of the examples that I could think of was, is it a work vehicle or does it contribute to my work vehicle? Is it helping me improve productivity from a work perspective? Or am I buying this because it will help uh, build up my side hustle? And Emma gave um, a personal anecdote saying that she had huge guilt spending um, with her personal money. But now that she has a business, it was a lot easier for her to spend money because she knew that it would contribute to the growth of her own business. So that's something as well to consider. And you may not necessarily have your own business or and you may not even have a side hustle, but sometimes you're spending or often you're spending might help contribute towards you actually generating more revenue. Is it making you uh, and your work life easier? Are you becoming more productive? And that may also be part of the reason with my own um, example around a gym membership. I'm so much more productive and a better person, a better co-worker when I'm exercising and healthy and in the right frame of mind to work. Yeah. And I think, you know, some of these points, they're going to strike a a note or a chord with a variety of different people. Uh, But certainly like if you're, and I would actually say as well, here's an example, Alex, it's almost to do with revenue generating, right? And it Mm. almost goes into this price per use. Now, I sit in my office chair and particularly when I had my business, you know, sometimes everyone out there would be sitting in their chair more than they're in their bed. And I know that some people spend over $1,000 on their mattress, right? So, Mm -hmm. I think it was in about 2008 when I was working in the city, I purchased a Harg, I think it's a Harg Capsico or whatever it's called, Capiso uh, ergonomic chair. Mm-hmm. And it was $1,500. And I had that delivered to the office and they wheeled it in and everyone in the office was like, oh, what? why are you getting your own chair delivered? Like, I'm like, well, I sit in this chair all freaking day. I'm absolutely going to spend that money and invest. And that chair, it's still with us today. And I've recently given it to Nathan, uh, our editor to use, uh, and I think it's finally broken after like 12 years. 
But to spend $1,500 and get that long out of that chair, it was such an amazing investment. And it kind of ticked all the boxes, you know. And maybe what we can do, Alex, is we'll get Jess in the team to put together a bit of a guilt-free checklist. Like, we could almost go down. Uh, Is it budgeted for, you know, am I kind of living in the now? Do I value it? Does it help my mental health? Uh, Have I worked out the price per use? Uh, Is it helping me with my work? And... I just think if we use some type of matrix, it can help remove some of the guilt. But, you know, I've just purchased another one of these chairs and it did hurt. uh, And I think they've gone up maybe with the currency or whatever to $1,650. And I've just purchased another one, but without the guilt, because I know that, you know, I've sat in it yesterday. I did a 12-hour day in the studio because we're locked down in Sydney. So, you know, I started work about 9am and finished about... Uh, 10 p.m. last night uh, with about an hour break, you know, I'm in that longer than in my bed and I know I'll get over 10 years out of this chair. So, there's absolutely no guilt with it. Yeah. Uh, That's something that I'm experiencing guilt with at the moment, actually, now that you say that about purchasing a desk and a chair and other office furniture for my own house. Mm. I It's July 2021 and for Sydney side as we're back in lockdown, I felt guilt about that in the first round of lockdown and never bought furniture and now we're back here again. And considering all those things that you mentioned about contributing to your productivity, considering things like price per wear, the quality of the item, if I had thought about those things long enough, I probably would have purchased the chair and the table and the desk and the equipment that I needed But maybe on that blog post, we need a trigger warning for spenders because for those of us that don't have any guilt around spending, it might be an enabler rather than a a hindrance to buying things that people don't need. Yeah. And that's why I think you kind of just, you can't look through that one lens. You've kind of got to go, all right, there's a list here of seven things. Am I ticking at least four of the boxes? Uh, Because if you are a spender, you might not have the money, you might not have the budget, you might not value it. So, maybe, you know, this has been a really good discussion uh, for us to dig deeper. So, maybe it is out of the seven things, because I've got a bonus one coming up that you didn't know about, Alex. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe out of the seven things, we need to actually say, you know, I meet four of these tick boxes and then I've slept on it. Okay, go, good to go. No guilt. That came up plenty of times in the group in the comments as well, sleep on a purchase. That helps so much to remove that feeling of, am I just buying this to make myself feel better or because it's a feeling I'm having right now? Most of the time, whatever you want to buy will be there within 24 hours or the next day. And if it's not it's probably worth considering whether the company you're buying it from is introducing tactics to try and get you to buy it on the spot. Yeah. Now, the seventh and final point, and it kind of goes along the lines of, you know, price per use, but I think to help remove some of the guilt, does it stack up with your almost ethical or moral framework? So, it could be I'm happily spending that $100 at, uh, I'll make a brand up, Country Road, because uh, I think they rated pretty good on the Baptist World Aid um, report. Don't quote me, everyone. I am spending $100 on that Country Road garment because I can't spend $50 or $40 at H&M Fast Fashion. 
So, I think that can help remove some guilt and also some of the things in my life. Um, so, I've got a, a Le Creuset, is that how you say it? Le Creuset? Um, it's the French crockery brand. Um, I've got a little skillet and it's cast iron and they're not cheap, but, you know, it's probably going to last me the rest of my life. So, I only have to buy it once and... I, it's one of my favorite things in the kitchen. Like at lunch today, I made an omelet. Um, last night, I've, you know, I cooked a bit of salmon in it. And I, I just think that seventh thing, it's like your ethical framework and lens. Does it meet that screen? Yeah, it's interesting to consider who you're buying it from. And often people will find a reason to purchase something or overcome guilt by thinking about the independent person or the small business that they also get benefit from your purchase, not just you. So, there may be broader environmental impacts of your purchase that might help you get over the line um, with saying yes to buying something or overcoming that guilt. Mm. And this is like, we haven't changed the world with this podcast, but I hope when we do all the podcasts, and particularly when I listen to other podcasts about various topics, while the hosts of the show aren't talking exactly how you want them to be talking, you might have thought of something that, oh, they should have said this or I can't believe they didn't say that. And it's just like, absolutely, this is exactly what we're doing. We're getting your mind into this framework where, you know, prime the pump a little bit and you may have made your own things up that you're going to use in your life. And you can search the Facebook group, just search guilt or something like that and you'll see the post with everyone's stuff in there. And I think it's all good if it's all good. Yeah, keep adding comments as well. People often search the Facebook group and look at posts from months or even years ago. So, any additional ideas that you have to contribute to that thread, I'm sure will be greatly appreciated by you know, the, the My Millennial community. And just on the Facebook housekeeping, everyone, uh, you can always use the search function for like best platform for shares. <laughs> you can use the search function for first home buyer and there'll be a heap of topics in there. Uh, and just as a another public service announcement, if you see a post and you want to follow it, you don't have to write F or following. You can click the little three dots next to it and click turn on notifications. Bam. <laughs> That's Glenn's hot tip for the day. Hot tip, everyone. All right. I'm going to do one last recap, Alex. Number one, have a spending plan in place. Uh, whether it's, you know, Glenn James spending plan, whether it's the barefoot investor buckets or whatever that system is or your own system. Uh, number two, categorize what you value uh, because you might value a nice scotch uh, where someone else might value a nice handbag or a Le Creuset skillet. Number three, live in the now. So, I think it's important, one eye on the future, one eye on today uh, and really enjoy the now. Number four, uh, you just got to do a bit of assessment if mental health is contributing to the guilt and get help if needed. Number five, can you do a price per use analysis? Is it a fad? Is it quality? Or am I paying for convenience? 7-Eleven, the entrance. Or number six, does this contribute to you generating revenue? Or a whole, like the productivity play? And number seven, the ethical lens. You might categorically want to own less things uh, that are more premium quality because they've been made ethically or you're supporting local businesses. And I think that list, if you well and truly have at least four of those ticked, you're probably home and hosed that you're on the way to a, a guilt-free purchase. 
Absolutely. And to round out that conversation, I just want to reiterate, Glenn and I aren't experts in in guilt or the, the concept of guilt and the emotions and, and, ment- and mental health issues around that. So if you are feeling like you need to seek help or that you're dealing with issues that are more than surface level, please reach out, speak to someone, speak to your GP and seek the help that you need. Yeah, totally. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. You are a good podcast friend. (laughs) Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.